Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. Hey everyone, and today we're talking about business and blending a family. Can we do both? Do, what, are we, what am I talking about? You're going to find out. And they are kind of hand in hand, right? Joy. Right. We'll just get straight into it. Yeah, this is something I have been actually speaking with my current clients about, and it's going to be right up your alley. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> we just told everyone what we're doing, but I have no idea what we're doing. What this are we doing? Interesting. What is this? So we're going to talk about um, the business of blending a family, but not what you think. We're going to talk about using your business all the skills you have at your job, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an employee, a manager, um, maybe you just are a grunt worker, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a job, you know, kind of how a business works. Okay. Unless you're really terrible at it. And I'm pretty sure that would make you an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, I can't even say it. Entrepreneur. entrepreneur. That's okay. what it would be. If well, you're terrible at it. Entrepreneur, <laughs> like me talking. Well, listen, here's what I want everyone to do. I don't care what kind of job you have. I don't care, you know, what you do in your professional life. I want everyone to just for a second, imagine you owned your own business. Imagine maybe it's the business you work for. What if you became the CEO of whatever company or industry you're in? And I want you to kind of think about what you would do if you all of the sudden were responsible for owning and running and maintaining and creating and, and having a successful business. Managing employees. Yeah. So this idea that I have been ruminating over and really just talking with lots of clients about, and I'm going to talk it out with you right here. You have you been talking about this with clients in some of your sessions? Yes. So for you, that of you, for those of you, I can't talk today. I had heat stroke like what, two days ago? Yeah. I'm really kind of screwed up. Bro. Tell them why you had heat stroke. 
Um, we did a big shoot for um, a local boat company, but also um, Malibu Boats and um, Axis Boats and had a bunch of pro athletes out. If you guys are boat people, Boat World, we had Brian Grubb out and we had Luca Kidd out and we had a lot of fun filming, my son and I. Yeah, if you guys don't know, Eric's trade is he's a photographer, but mostly like videography is your love. Yeah, 30 years now. Yeah. And so Eric has multiple businesses that he um, has created and is in charge of in the in that industry, the photography, videography yeah. industry. So he gets he's seen. I mean, you guys, he should have a podcast of his own stories of everything he's seen and heard and done in the film industry. I worked with some, I worked, in the film um, industry. Someone was asking me about that the other day. We're a little <laughs> off topic right now real quick, but someone was asking me about that the other day and like, oh, what do you film? You know, what have you filmed? And I'm, you know, I'm telling them, <laughs> worked with everyone from, you know, Tony Hawk, Kelly Slater, you know, Red Bull athletes. We do a lot of stuff with Monster Energy, but um, said I've filmed pretty much everything and anything minus adult films. <laughs> and, our, and our son, my son kind of looks over at me and just chuckles like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. You know, and it was like, it was funny. Yeah, but you filmed uh, for bands too, like Blink-182. Yeah, Blink-182, AFI, mm. um, a lot of bands like that. Yeah. So, yeah. He's done a lot of stuff. I love anyway, it. so you guys, you guys were out there filming at the lake before our poor lake has no water. Yeah, and it was really, really hot, and we were on a grind, and heat stroke just crept up on me, and um, you're susceptible to it once you've already had it, mm-hmm. and I've had it many, many years, so if uh, you were... Your husbands or your children watch anything desert scene related, Baja 1000, all that stuff. Um, the company I started in high school films that stuff um, pretty much exclusively for all all the major networks and uh, you know all the BJ Baldwin stuff and um, hand in a lot of the Jim Conna stuff uh, with Ken Block and uh, I don't know a lot a lot of really neat people, really neat athletes, and it's it's neat to get to know those people because. Um, how humanized they are, you know, every, a lot of kids look up to them, a lot of adults look up to them, and, like, at the end of the day, like, most of them are just really humble, just great human beings. I mean, you got your few shitheads here and there, but <laughs> most of them, for the most part, like, these big athletes are, like, awesome people. Yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah. It's good to know. So you got heat stroke, and now you're recovering. Uh, heat stroke again was, yeah. for, like, the 20th time. I, know, I think I did. I think I did what about a month, month and a half ago. Yeah. And I think that's why it crept up so quickly and just boom, just hit me. And I'm just yeah. like, you're just going to watch it. <sighs> yeah. Um, anyway, so businesses, you know, a lot about business. I You've do. been in business. When, did, what age were you when you created your first business? Um, legit business <clears throat> ninth grade in high school. Okay. So um, you've been doing this a long time. Yeah. But I was an entrepreneur. My parents knew I was many 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 years before that yeah so. you would tell sell pictures yeah. that you <laughs> well, drew right i, I heard like, about this that was like one time when i was five years old like i just he would yeah. draw pictures and go around to neighbors and then knock on the door and, and be, sell them sell them how much did you make do you even know dude one I, <laughs> it was a lot it was like close to a hundred bucks at like five years old from making from dude. from drawing all these little pictures and my parents <laughs> like it's time to get up to the dinner table and like no 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 i gotta go sell my pictures they're like no it's time to go and i'm like i'll be right back and i ran outside and they say like 20 minutes later and, and my parents could give you the exact amount i can't remember because i don't tell but it was a significant often. amount yeah it, like for a little kid and then i actually what i did with that money is i took it and i bought a mini bike at the time i was super little i was like way little like like early elementary school 
bought a mini bike, which is a little motorcycle frame welded in a garage with a Briggs and Stratton three horsepower vertical lawnmower engine on it and a chain and sprocket and has a centrifugal clutch and uh, bought one that wasn't running, figured it out, took it apart, got it running. And I think I bought it from a kid for like 20 bucks or something at the time, got it running and sold it for like $125 or something like that. And like quadrupled my money, like made a lot. This explains you. You started off this way, (laughs) literally in life. So (laughs) you have a lot of business experience. I grew up with entrepreneurs. So I grew up with um, a mom and a stepfather who started their own company when I was uh, nine, ten, eight, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there. And then I worked for the family business from yeah. day one, yep. doing the grunt work. That's it. <laughs> you know, yeah. kids have to do all the grunt work in family business. But I grew up with entrepreneurs and now being an entrepreneur myself. And, and I guess this is what I want to start off by saying, and then we can kind of like narrow it down piece by piece. And, I, and you can tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. We, as entrepreneurs, and if you aren't one, I want you to picture yourself as owning your own company, whatever it is. Maybe you're dreaming about starting one or you're taking over the business you have. Let's just all be entrepreneurs for the next 45 minutes. Okay, that's the hat I want you to wear. And as business owners, we know to have a successful business, right. the amount of attention given to it, mm-hmm. the amount of intentionality given to it. That's going to be the biggest word we're going to talk about today. Intentionality? Is that a real word or is that urban dictionary? I'm pretty sure it's a I I it's now a real word. Did you make it up? Put it but in like, urban dictionary. Imagine like the amount you like everything is so intentional when you're an entrepreneur. Okay. And if you don't know something, you learn it. Right? But the not only is it the attention the inten- attention the intention, but also the uh, the care and concern like those are the four, four words when I was sitting down thinking about this topic, attention, intention, care, and concern. The big and four. What's the word? Intentionality. Intentionality. Okay, I'm looking this up. Okay. Yeah. But those are the big four. I think that entrepreneurship really embodies, and everything else kind of comes. You know, everything is sourced from those four words, and so if you have a successful business, these are the big four. And you're really intentional with everything in your business, right? You have meetings. You, you, you prioritize time. You know, you, are, you have such care and concern that you have policies and procedures in place for how to do things, how to replicate things. If something's broken and you have a mechanical business, you're going to have a policy and procedure of how to put it back together or fix it. If you have a spill, you have a policy and procedure how you're cleaning that spill so it is good to go. And you and there's a lot of boundaries in business. Boundaries? I mean, yeah, employees. Um, yep. You don't want workman's comp claims. You don't want right. sexual harassment claims. You have an HR department HR, in place. Yeah, exactly, and that's... <laughs> That's basically to manage your boundaries, right? Right. And you know, in business, you have to show up best foot forward. And we're talking entrepreneurship. We're not talking employees. We're talking about if you're running a business, you show up early to work. You stay late to work. You you know how to do every job in your company on some level. You know, if you've built a company from the ground up, you you go to bed thinking about it. You wake up thinking about it. You... I mean, the, the amount 
of time, effort, care, all those things that go into running a business. And we have successful businesses because of it, right? Your business is going to succeed because you have goals. You set goals. Finances, you're so intentional with finances, right? You're not, you're not spilling, you're not spending willy nilly. You're shopping for deals. You're really good at this with your business. Mm -hmm. You're, you're like, do I need this? Do I need the best? Uh, Do I need the best? Or can I settle for a little less and save money? Never settle for a little less. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like we are good stewards of our finances and our businesses. We invest where we need to invest. We take risk to grow our businesses. There's a lot of risk involved. And um, I think coming from a business standpoint, risk, a lot of people look at risk and risk management as a big thing. But I think risk assessment and risk management and understanding calculated risk is a big deal. And if you can understand what calculated risk is, you know, how much and how much am I at risk here? And what does this risk look like? Um, and what do I have to gain? And what do I have to lose? And if you can calculate your risk properly, um, it's almost a proven method or formula if you get really good at it that you almost never lose. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, when I walk in and we're talking about something and I said, you know, you want to make a bet? It's a calculated risk. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not. <laughs> You're not going to bet on what you don't lose. 100% of the time, I'm right all the time. You know, I don't bet on something that I could lose at. But you're willing to take, I've also seen you take risk in your business and and buy equipment. And like, I hope I'm going to make money with this. Like you think you are, (laughs) you know what I mean? But you're like in an industry you've never worked before doing a skill you've had your whole life, but in a, you know, not, you're not new to the industry now, but I remember when you started this business you have, it was a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. A lot of money up front. A yeah, lot of, and of you didn't know if this just, equipment was going to make yep. money back, and it's now proven so. But my point is, is that you're willing to take big risk because you know in business with big risk can come really big reward. You believe in your business, right? If you are going to be an entrepreneur and have a business, you obviously believe in the work you're doing or in the product you're selling or in what you're making. I think that's the biggest thing. I think is believing in that's right. your product and um, understanding your customers and really yeah. reasoning with customers. And I think that will all play into this topic. Um, real quick, inten- in- intentionality. <laughs> and Is it a word? As taught in law school. <laughs> oh, see. <laughs> I knew I missed my calling. A dog knows the difference between being kicked and being tipped over. Perhaps the most vital component of trust and forgiveness, the factor of having committed an act inadvertently or willingfully. Although she felt hurt, she wanted to respond, needing first to weigh the intentionality of his actions. What does this have to do with a dog being kicked or pushed over? I don't know. I'm really confused. It's Urban Dictionary, okay? I should have looked up the real dictionary first, but... Is Webster still around? I get it now that I'm thinking about it. Okay, but here's the thing. So I want to go back to this believing in your believing because you not only have to believe as an entrepreneur, you not only have to believe in the service you're providing or the product you're selling, whatever. You have to believe in yourself that you are the person to sell this product, to provide this service, that you have the ability to successfully um 
set yourself apart from one from from competition but and you others. You can do it. You have to believe have that to. you can do it. You have to because if you don't believe that you can do what you are set out to do, what your goal is to do, mm-hmm. then you are most likely going to fail. There's no way that you can go. Okay, you said it. I have you know, a broken leg and can't use my other leg and I'm going to go be the best skateboarder, but I don't think I can do it. And you've never skateboarded and before. You've never skateboard- you know what I mean? But you're like, <laughs> by God's given grace, I will learn to skateboard, but you don't go out and try and you don't have any hope and you don't have. And you're paralyzed from the waist down. Yeah. Well, the, I, that's I know why I didn't even go there because know somebody there are there. I know. Yes, there I are know. people that, oh my gosh, you guys want to see some ridiculous skateboarding? Like, yes. There's people with no legs that skateboard that are like better than people that I've known all their life skateboarding. But would like, kids like to watch this? Is this like inspiring for children? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, professionals. Oh, that's really, really yeah. cool. So, you know, you see, I, I'm sure you guys are connecting the dots already to where we're going to go and what we're going to talk about. But the idea of entrepreneurship, I mean, there's a lot of us out there, especially over COVID. I think a lot of people jump ship from their, from working for someone else and started going in business for themselves. And there's just a lot of really um, great parts of it. And what I want to assert today is what if we, especially uh, uh, all of us right now as entrepreneurs, because that's the hat you're wearing, we have so much ability because we are being successful entrepreneurs. So we have so many skills. We have so much awareness. We know so much. And at work, it comes to fruition. At our jobs, we're on our best behavior. We're so intentional. We have so much care and concern. We're great stewards of finance. We're thoughtful with policy and procedure. We've become a master. You know, we've learned to become a master at our craft. All these things, like in business, we, we're really awesome. And we know what it takes to make a successful business, a sustainable business. And then we walk home. Or we don't walk home. Hopefully. Not we're for driving a, home. Not for successful business. But we walk through our, our door Owners. and all that goes out the window. Right. We yeah. act like we have, I mean... We, we lose, I don't even know what happens. It's like we, we leave work and we come home and we, we have, we, we are like the dumbest human beings ever. We have absolutely no idea what's going on. We have (laughs) no idea what to do. (laughs) We have no idea what's wrong. We have no idea how to manage a family. We are like, especially in blended families, we walk through the door and we are like, holy shit. What the fuck? Wow, there it is, you guys. We've how I don't even remember what button. It's been so long. It's been, but uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, but we. How about it? How about how about managing our emotions? Getting home and managing our emotions. Like, do we complain and kick and scream and? Um, you never fuss complain over. And fuss I'm over never emotional. <laughs> and fuss over things that like we would at a client's house or at work or in Same. front of employees or coworkers like do we do we exhibit the same behaviors no and that's what i'm saying you guys so what if we i really truly believe this and i kind of want to publish something around this later so you know i'm putting that out there and hopefully no one beats me to it but <laughs> you put all your ideas out I here do. i don't really care because the, the the greater good is what i'm working towards not myself And what I'm saying is that I truly believe that if we applied the best parts of entrepreneurship and business into our blended families, they could be really successful. And they could probably blend a lot faster 
then we think like the average blended family, it takes five to seven years. And it's right. funny because clients and I chuckle about yet? that. Are we there yet? But Are we there yet? But Are we clients, there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> they live in, no. No. Yes. I don't know. Yes and no. Um, but clients and I chuckle because it's like five to seven years, the kids are out of the house. Right. That's At that then, point. And then the best times like, are had. <laughs> so my point is, though, like, what if we could accelerate the process and make our success inevitable by bringing into our blended families the best parts of being an entrepreneur in business? What are your thoughts on that? Which part? Well, I mean, everything we've talked about, I, you know, the intentionality with time. That's such a loaded question. So That's such here's, a big question. Here's something, here's something. I have a client right now, and it's brilliant, actually. She decided, we were talking about this, um, but she decided that she was going to have weekly meetings in her family. Like with her family? With her family. Her and her, her spouse. Okay. Does everyone show up to these to They these do meetings? at dinner. Okay. She like she's like, but she's so the I, the idea of this family meeting and her and her husband talk beforehand, but they're raising their kids with this idea of, you know, it, it's one night a week, beginning of the week. We're setting our intentions for the week. So these are the chores that need to get done. What do you guys? What fun do you guys want to have? What does our family have on the calendar? You know, what where's everyone's work schedule? You know, what's, what can everyone expect? What needs to be done? What are the goals? What are do the people plans? people need help anywhere? Like, do you need a ride somewhere? Like, is there wants and needs? And right. That's a brilliant idea. I like that. And so all the family, even if it doesn't include, not everything's going to include everyone, but everyone is on the same page. And I'm like, that is something you would do in, at, at work. You know, you, you call us, you call a staff meeting, <laughs> you know, and you're like, this is what, this is what we're doing this week or a meeting around a specific goal. And this is your role in it or not, or this is what, and then everyone feels like they're part of a team. And I think well, that's yeah, really I think genius. Going into that too. I think if you make everyone part of the team, everyone like, yeah, you've got your team leaders or your managers and stuff, but if you make the kids or in our situation, an employee or um, staff members, if you make them feel important, and it's kind of funny that we're talking about this. This is like one, kind of one of those God things like we we're talking about. Oops. Um, your employees are your number one advertisers. If you have good employees and you have loyal employees that enjoy their job and believe in the product and like what they do and like what they what, like what the company is about, they are going to be your best advocates. But if you have disgruntled employees, you know, employees that don't like to be there and they don't like the bosses and they don't like the company, they're going to completely work against you. And it's kind of the same way in your household. If your kids are proud of your family and they get along with their siblings, I mean, you're going to have your little sibling rivalry quarrels. But they here feel and there. like they're part of the but team. They feel like they're part of the team. Yeah. They're going to stand up for the team and they're going to do what's best for that household at every given turn. And that is super important from um, a parenting standpoint, but also from a business standpoint, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that if you can keep your employees happy and take care of them and do right by them, they're going to, you pour into your employees, they're going to stay with you for a long time. They're going to probably be lifers. You take care of the right person. Don't give them a reason to jump ship. 
why would they ever need to? Yeah. And I think going back to believing in yourself and believing in your product, I think one of the best things we can do for our blended families is that same mindset transfer. Like you have to believe that your blended family is going to be successful. It's the number one rule to having a successful blended family is you have to believe you can. (laughs) And so you have to believe in your family and that it can be successful, whatever that looks like to you. Some people's success in a blended family looks like we're just not killing each other. Other people, like, we're, we know we're a successful blended family when we all enjoy each other's company and there's no fighting. I mean, it looks different. Success is... is every um, every company, different for as every family, has different goals. And goal different, setting. Yeah, goal setting is, I think, an important thing, um, not only in business, but in... Your blended family. A, any family. I mean... Really, if you can set goals, um, even just husband and wife, you know, it, husband and wife as a personal goals, as, um, you know, a whole family. Even marriage goals. That's what I'm saying, husband and wife. Um, there's nothing wrong with setting goals and working towards things. To be a successful business, you need to set goals. Yeah, and you need to have a clear plan of what those How goals are. How do you are. achieve those goals? Well, yeah, because if you don't have goals, you don't have anything to work towards. You're not driven. No, and you're just spinning around in circles. And this is a really good way to make everyone feel part of the team. Whether you have marital goals that you're both working towards, that feels really good in a marriage. But to also have family goals that you're all working towards as a family feels really good. What that might look like as a family is we have a goal to go on vacation this year, family. And this is the amount, and this is a great way to teach kids. Our vacation for this year is going to cost five grand. I'm putting it out a number out there for six people. I don't know if that's realistic. We haven't been on vacation in a while. But my point is, is like if you were to have a family meeting and like we decided our, our blended family goal for 2023 is to go on a seven night family vacation somewhere. And you could have like, we need to fundraise. So here's how we are going to cut costs. And then you can show the kids. You guys could have like an account for just the vacation. And everyone can contribute to it as they wanted. Or they could see how maybe we cut corners here so that we can put more money in our family vacation fund. You could work out how you're going to plan and what everybody wants to do. You can make that be a goal. A blended family goal could also, do you have a different goal that you no, can I, make. I, I like that. I like being able to set goals and have everyone be a part of it, be a part of it, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, you can go steps further. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's so much out there on the internet. If you just search for it, <laughs> there's so much there's, out there on there the internet. If you just search Google, for it, search on the Google and, um, you know, there's probably creative ways of rewards and, you reward your, you reward people in your business for a yeah. job well done. Yeah. You recognize people. That's it. Another thing, right? In business, you know that employees like to be recognized for a job well done. So do they bonuses people. Good And write-offs. I think we are kind of like that with our kids. We give our kids bonuses through gifting or praise, but every day. Make sure <laughs> you are rewarding good behavior in your blended family and not only monetarily or with gifts, but with words, affirm a job well done. We know in business that when an employee feels affirmed and a job well done, they're motivated to 
continue on that path and grow, but also, like Eric was saying, be an advocate for the business, a, a happy employee. And that's really goes far in with the kids in your home and your spouse. Let's not forget, you know, the adults too. Like we need to spur each other on through affirmation and encouragement to motivate people to continue wanting to be part of this team, to continue wanting to show up and not throw in the towel, to be seen and heard, not just for the bad, but for the good. And I think that's a really important tool that we can do better at in our blended families. What so were you going to say? Oh, no. So you've been teaching this type of stuff in... Well, we've I've been exploring it okay. as it organically comes up in blended families. I think there's more I want to say and do, but I thought I would just uh, initially start the conversation here with you and on our podcast because yeah. it's something I've really been thinking a lot about and trying to figure out you know, different parts of it and what are the parts of business we could bring into our blended families to help them succeed and accelerate the plot, yeah. the process of actually blending. You yeah, know? I like it. Um, if you guys have any ideas or thoughts on this, um, leave us a comment, write us an email, hit us up on the socials. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, link below. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Um, but this is something well, you hear us talking about. If you guys are longtime listeners, you know Julie does health and life coaching um, for blended families. Um Real quickly, tell us a little bit about what you do, because this is kind of what you get into. You're helping people. Oh, we do get into all kinds of wild stuff like this. Um, yeah, you know, I work with adults and blended families who, you know, are just in a constant state of crisis or upset. You know, Aren't like I'm upset yeah. a lot every day. I feel like I'm crisis management is my life. All little fires everywhere. I feel unsafe. I feel unseen. I don't know what my role is. And that's kind of the space that I usually start seeing clients in. And really, the goal is to get control by taking your power back so that you can find peace in your blended family. Because the truth is, chaos is going to surround you. We cannot control other people. We absolutely can find peace in that chaos, kind of like the eye of a tornado. You well, know, you say taking dun, dun, you dun, say dun, taking dun, dun. your control back, but I think your power back. Your power back, but I think a yeah. lot of people never really lost it. They just don't know how to. Oh, no, people hand their power out. Do they? Oh, yeah. But how to harness it and how to control it and how to be. Ooh, take it back is fun. Take it back. <laughs> so, no, yeah. it's neat. It's It's been neat watching you yeah. and hearing your success stories with all the clients. Thanks. And so it's right now, fun. yeah. So right now, if you guys are listening to this at the time of the recording, Julie is doing free breakthrough sessions. Um, hit her up, becomingheardnow at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, it's it's neat just to see it evolving and just all the contacts, all the – your clients so far, it's been neat to see because they have become friends. They have That's become – They have become lifetime you've – you have return clients. Um, anyways, you guys, if this sounds like something you're interested in, hit Julie up because um, I just – I believe in this. You Thanks. know, it's not my business. It's your business, but I believe in your business. Thanks. Therefore, I'm an advocate of it. Thank you. Of course. Um, let's talk about other great parts of business, too, that we can bring into our blended family. I think one thing that we don't talk about in our blended family that we do in business is legacy. Like, what is the legacy of my brand of, you know, I know for, like, becoming heard, my yeah. life coaching business, my yeah. legacy in, in, in people, blended yeah. life. 
our our legacy in both is really to stop the 70% or try to try to curb like try to pull back the 70% divorce rate to kind of give some mindfulness to blended families so either you don't walk down the aisle if you shouldn't or if you are are already blending then how do you make it through that because these kids can't go through another divorce i mean they can but it's really hard it's hard on everyone so how can we or affirm that this is the right choice for you and walk down the aisle with complete like this is what I'm supposed to do. You know what, what I if mean? we had less free will than God actually gives us? It'd be what awesome. If it actually <laughs> it would, it. it'd be a little bit easier. But what yeah. if you're like just a little bit less free will, but only in like the marriage department that you're like, we want to get married and you think you're going to get married and you know you that you really like this person. You really love them. Like our all of our first marriages, you're like, I'm all in on this. It was, we're going to start a family. It's going to be great. But then we just have a little bit less free will. And as we start to walk down the aisle, you just, you trip and you can't walk and you just keep tripping and God's falling. like, no. Yep. yep. And this no. is where like the free will stops and he's just like, nope, I'm saving. That'd be great. Wouldn't that, wouldn't it be so funny? It'd be like, awesome. Like it's just the, the, the Like your wedding videos. day would be so full of anxiety yep, more and everyone's so. like, up. Oh, another one. Yep. Okay. Another one not meant to be, you know, like, but that's the only like bit of free will that just gets taken away from us. I think that would us. be awesome. I think it would save well, yeah, our podcast wouldn't exist. I bet you how I'm many good with pe- that though. how many people would claw their way to the altar. There would be like Because here's yeah. what I will say about free will and that I totally I talk to clients about this all the time too. I mean we we see red red God gives us red flags. He gives Constantly. us barriers. And what do we do? We take the red flag, we pull it out of the dirt, throw it behind us, and continue on. We jump all the barriers. And we don't throw it far enough behind us, though, because we always know it's still there. Oh, we and we see, talk we, about it later. Oh, there was this red flag. Yeah, you put oh, it in we the back seat. Yeah, you put it, yeah. yeah, for sure. So I feel like it's just becoming attuned to, like, you have to really be intentional. There's that word again. Yeah. In like listening and and seeking wisdom and on all those things, but let's talk about legacy because I think in business, we have a legacy in mind. You know, we have what is you know, if not a legacy, then you at least have a mission statement. You know your mission statement. I kind of gave you mine for becoming heard and blended life. So, what is your blended family's mission statement? What does your family stand for? Do you stand for um? Like, are you a family who who believes in God and rallies around community service and you're going to teach others how to um, give back to society? Is that what your blended family stands on? It could be something else. I mean, there's these are the things that I wish we never did and we should have, and I encourage you all is... You started this podcast too late. <laughs> maybe you sit around your next family dinner and you guys talk about, like, what do we want our family's legacy to be? What is our mission statement? What do we want people to observe? Like, when they see our family, what do we want them to see? Do we want them to see um, a family who's encouraging of one another and supportive of one another maybe we see a family who's really independent because that's a a value which is no judgment right but I think that we need to really start coming and that also helps people feel like they're part of a team I'm kind of joking when I say we started this podcast too late (laughs) you're not joking no 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 but I am because a lot of you might be like that's how you feel right now you're like man (laughs) 
we're so far in this and things are so downhill and I am listening to this or watching this podcast because I am just so lost in my family and I just don't know where else to turn. But here's the thing is it's not too late. The fact that you are listening to this or watching this or even concerned about it is such a good sign because that means that there's still hope, right? There's still hope. There's still room to go on. Your past is your past. I mean, there's people that will get locked up and go to prison for 25, 30 years and get out of prison and do great things, you know, just because you have stumbled this far and hopefully that's not you, but there is always hope. If you are living, breathing, hearing this right now, there's hope for you. Yeah, and there's hope for, thank you, there's hope for me too. There is hope for you. Because love. the truth well, is, it, it, we're going to stumble along the way we do. Well, that's it. And by God's grace, we get back up and we keep going. Um, but that's also, I mean, just another <laughs> another shameless plug to what you do is you help people find that hope and that belief. Yeah. And yeah. Get, take their power into their own hands and really do great things with it. Yeah. Legacy and having a mission statement also makes me think in business, we have a code of ethics in our business. And I think that is something that we don't really talk about or blending families because usually it's so different. I think one of Eric's, and this is not going to be a shocker if you've been listening to us at all over the years, but we are so, so different. We parent really differently. What, you know, I mean, for it's just we're so, so different. And so I feel like people don't deal with a code of ethics for your family because you're coming with so many different points of view. And trying to compromise seems like a really big deal. And I think that I want to give I want to give some hope around that really quick because I think when we get into deciding the ethics of our family, you know, what's right, what's wrong, what is good, what is bad, what what should we let our kids what would we let our kids allow like what should our kids be allowed to do, say, act, you know, participate in. Um and what as we as married couple, like what are our code of ethics together? It's a missed opportunity to have really important conversations. And I think we hide behind the fear of our differences. But here's the hope in that is that what if it wasn't your way or my way, his ethics or my ethics? But what if it was we're not even concerned about what we came to this marriage with, right? Like yours and mine. And this is Eric's, you know, Eric, you'll love this. But like, what if it's ours? Like, we're not trying to, I'm not trying to put your ethics on top of mine or mine replacing yours, but we're really creating something new. It could be anything. An us thing. Yeah. And so what if we really create our own code of ethics and it can be whatever it wants to be because it's new. It's And I think we come at this place where it's like we're trying to make two olds smash them together and that gets messy and it gets it hurts instead of like screw everything we brought to the table let's create something new like what do we want our code of ethics for our family to look like regardless of what ideas we came into this with like let's start new and that's a lot more hopeful and a lot easier of a conversation than you know well here's what I think and you're like well here's what I think and it's kind of like well what what do we want for our marriage and our family? 
you know? And I think in business, we're really good at that because we take the emotional side out because it's a business. Right. So like our business is going to be loyal. We're going to be loyal to our customers. We're going to be trustworthy, right? I'm not going to share clients confidential. That's like a code of ethics. Respect. Respect, honor. We're going to be. Well, and here's a big thing too, is if you're, I feel like a lot of successful business owners, you put the client's need over your own. You sometimes have to um, lose in order for the client to win. And by the client winning, you ultimately win as well. Yep. And uh, there's a lot about that. There's another thing that we talk about um, in a in a business group, an alliance that I'm in, and uh, it's giver's gain. Mm. And it's basically giving without any intention. You're basically giving, you're helping, you're doing for a client, for um, other people around you with no intention, knowing farewell that you might not receive anything back but usually that favor comes back around and ends up being the giver's gain you end up gaining from that um but all in the beginning you do it just to yeah when you start a business you're giving everything away for free that's it i'm still doing free breakthrough sessions my first client i ever had was so like i mean i you know i it, it, I charged very little for the amount of work we did. And before that, I had two clients right off the bat. I charged nothing. Yep. And I took them through programs because to your point. You're learning. They're learning. You're all. Yep. So that's such a great one. I also think about when we don't know something in business, we were just having this conversation with CSV files. Yep. (laughs) We learn about it. Right, like if don't we don't be afraid don't, to learn, don't be afraid. That's probably why know, you're listening to this right we now. Le- we we go learn. Yeah, and if it's your first time here and you're listening to this, like welcome, um, we welcome you guys to subscribe. Welcome. Yeah, no, I mean truly, like if it, I usually say this at the end of our podcast and yeah. our time, but we are truly grateful and happy that you guys are here with us. Um, Julie and I do this um, basically just to help you to help us. We make no money off this podcast. Um, it no is commercials, guys. No, I mean, other than other than yours, like that we put on, oh. but we don't monetize this. Yeah, at all. Um, we pay money every, every, every time this podcast goes out, it costs us money. Um, but it's basically to start a conversation in your household, in our household, that we can, that we can finish in our houses. Yeah, we love being... You can blame us for the conversations that you have because a lot, it's so funny. A lot of people are like, I don't, and I've been there a lot actually. Like, I don't know how to bring up this really hard topic because then it looks like I'm poking, like I'm complaining or whatever and it gets me in trouble. But it's so fun to be like, oh, I listened to this podcast and this crazy couple, Eric and Julie, they brought this up and I'm (laughs) like, what do you think? And it's a really cool way you can blame us for your conversations. It's uh, we like to be the scapegoat for that. Um, But yeah, we we are happy to have everyone listening in here and thank you for bearing with us. Um, Team building. Another thing in business, like we're really like team building, and we don't sometimes, I mean, some families are really great at team building and making sure they're doing activities to get, especially the beginning, to get to know each other, to build trust in one another, to also see people's gifts and talents. I think that's a really important part of team building in business. 
a lot of it when we team build is to see who is the creative, who's the who's the taskmaster, who's the connector, who is really eloquent with words and writing. And I think that all comes out when you're team building. You can kind of see wh- who in your family has certain gifts and talents and abilities that can be exercised to make the blended family successful. You know, even even with husband and wives, you should be team building. That could look like date night. But not only date night, I think that you don't stop, don't think you know someone. I think we get in that in marriage, like, I, I know who you are. Well, and I like, like that, what you're saying right now, too, about team building and finding everyone's skills and their strengths. And this is something that I think is recognized a lot in business that mm-hmm. isn't recognized in blended families. In, in a business, in a good business, you want people of all different skill sets, of all different mindsets that can handle and do different things. If we had a business made up of all the exact same people doing the exact same things, enjoying the exact same things. You only had secretaries. That's it. Yeah, nothing's going to get done. This No this, one to build yeah. or manufacture, no one to clean up, no one to sell. So if you Just guys, secretaries. Yeah, so if you guys think about your blended family this way, it's a lot like, that's perfect. Like, you and I aren't the same. You and I are very different. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> but we also complement one another in that in that regards. Mm. I have my strengths. You have your strengths. I have my weaknesses. You have your weaknesses. But they help complement each other. Yeah, like and your we, your strengths are my weaknesses. And it goes so much. F- yeah, and it goes so much further than that. Like, our kids all have strengths and weaknesses. Our kids, all four of our children, are very different from one another. Now, they have some very common similarities but they also have so many differences and that's okay it's an opportunity to appreciate differences yeah we have to remind ourselves yeah i want that to be our family legacy if i had to be like we've never actually talked about this so bear with us guys if we had to have a family legacy and it was like julie what do you what would you like our family legacy to be i would say i would love our family legacy to be able to appreciate differences, not be scared from that, not be scared of differences, not make fun of differences, not shame differences, not judge differences in the world, right? And our family is so different that I think we could actually do this. But really, like, how can we love in spite of differences? How can we be the hands and feet of Jesus to all the differences in the world? And I think that would be like what I would want our family legacy to be. Well, and you think and about it, that's that's a lot of what our church is like too, like the church yeah. that we attend, multi generational. Um, you walk into church, you don't know, you know, everyone's there as a Christian believer, unless they're a guest or whatever. But you know, that's most that's what our congregation is made up of. Yeah. But you don't know what political stance they have. You don't. No, um, if you don't know them, you don't know their occupations. You know, we have some rich people. We have some poor people. We have people of every walk of life. I mean, I could go on and compare apples to oranges all day of people that are there. But at the end of the day, that's a lot of what our family is like. I mean, we have our elders. We have our youth. Okay, my eyes are rolling around (laughs) on the floor. We have so many walks of life in our family. (laughs) Are you counting I'm with your fingers? I'm five months older than you. Oh, my god! I'm five, and he always says I'm How so old. How does it old. feel? Okay, calm down. <laughs> like, and he's always like, because I'm going to be turning 41 
in like a couple weeks. I'm, tr- I'm turning 41. And he's like, oh, see, you're going to be a if whole we, year older than me. If we rode Harleys. Five months older. If we rode Harleys, I'd call you my old lady. But we don't. We're going to, just so I can call you my old lady. I'm not. Th- I'm I will five put you, months older. I will put you on Calm the back down. of my bike okay. and take my old lady around. <sighs> you know what I want to talk about next? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what gets employees fired? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> because I've I never really been an employee, so <laughs> I don't know. But here's what I want to talk about with this, because I think that we, as much as we know the great parts of businesses and how to make a, a business successful, we know the components that it needs to have. We know if we show up in disbelief, our business is going to fail. We know if we're a poor steward with our time and money in business, the business is going to tank. We know if we don't work the business, again, the business isn't going to be successful. If we're not intentional. If we're rude to the customer and we disrespect those around us. That's right. If we piss our employees off, they'll quit. Or our bosses off. So So I think there's a lot of wisdom we can pull from, you know, what either... What makes an employee quit or what gets an employee fired? Because this is this is more of the reality of blended families. Either people get fired or they quit. And that's why we're here. Because things aren't really successful. And I kind of think that we need to talk about that a little bit. I think one thing that if an employee cannot take responsibility, you know, it's one thing if an employee messes up. You know, an employee messes up at work and they're fully, because I've, I've, I used to work in HR. This is my career before life coaching. And I would, I would talk to employees all the time and I'd be like, you know, this is what happened. And they just refused. Or explain to me what happened. And they have, they no refuse to take responsibility. They refuse to take accountability for their actions. And what happens when you have little accountability or zero responsibility is that you cannot trust. So we get that at work and we're like, that's a fireable offense, right? Um, at home, though, we kind of let all that slide. And then we wonder why there's no connection or distrust in our homes. Or maybe feeling people are feeling distant. And I think that this is really hard in blended families because I think a lot of parents operate out of guilt. I think a lot of people operate out of they want to hide because they don't want conflict or they're afraid and so we use all these shields and we excuse a lack of accountability or um, a lack of what was the word I've been using responsibility Dang, that's a but big the word. problem <laughs> is is like we live in, we, we live disconnected right. right you cannot trust somebody who won't be accountable for their behavior we don't trust someone who isn't going to be re- like take responsibility for hurting you, even if intentional or not. You know, and these are the relationship things that are really hard. That business is a little bit easier because the emotions aren't so big in business, and I think that's like the big barrier when we walk through the door when we get home. What changes is our emotions. I think that is what actually it is, right? We walk home. We we are these people at work. And then we walk home and the door opens and then all of these emotions, right? And feelings and it's interesting you walk home. 
No okay, one else. We walk no, no. through the door. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dessert after like every meal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, you walk through the door of your home <laughs> and you are opening the door to all your emotions. You're opening the yeah. door to all of your big feelings, all You're your comfortable hurts, with resentments. everyone at home. And I feel like when you get too comfortable with people, you fart in front of them. Yeah. Like, you, yeah, you notice how. <laughs> You treated your spouse a little differently when you first started dating him. You were on your best you behavior. Do. Yeah. And um, you got complacent. Yeah. Yeah. Are we complacent? Are you complacent? Are you guys complacent? Are you listening to this right now? Do you feel complacent? You're like, I'm yeah. super comfortable in front of my spouse or my children to say or do anything that I might not say. And even in front of my next door neighbor, I say things in front yeah. of you that I wouldn't say in front of my next door neighbor. Well, <laughs> You know what I think. You know what I think about often is kind of in the reverse, though. I, I I think about especially when I'm well. One thing we have talked a lot about with our kids is like, I feel like anything I write, my kids could show their dad. Like I try to be. This is I try to live with some sort of transparency to this. So we're like, um, if somebody saw me parenting my kid out in the street, it w- I wouldn't be ashamed of it or. If somebody saw how my child behaved at home and I what I allowed, I wouldn't care if somebody else were watching or knew and, about it. Yeah, and that's how I try to parent. Like, would I would this behavior be acceptable? And this is something that you do in business that we don't do at home. You know, would this behavior be acceptable if somebody else were watching? And this is why we level up at work because there's cameras or there's coworkers or our boss is looming. And so we know that we are being checked on and there's accountability at work. And so we kind of accountability forces you to level up. And that's why you're a certain way at work. I think a lot of the times, but I think about that in parenting. Like if, like, you know, if my kid was, if my kid was texting like this to somebody else, would it be okay? I just had the same conversation with uh, the 15 year old last night. You know, he's online talking with friends being, just a teenage boy, and I'm like, listen, if someone were talking to your little sister at your mom's house the way that you and your friend are talking to this kid, would you be all right with it? You know, and I know it got through to him, and you know, he had some he had some smart ass comments back to me, but I'm like, you need to think about what you're saying and what you're doing in front of these little kids. Just because you guys are online and this little kid talks this way already, you need to be a different type of influence. In this kid's life. I don't care if this kid knows about this well, stuff What if, already. like, our pastor was in our house yeah. listening to all of that? Would that be okay? Yeah. I think about right that with, with my daughter a yeah. lot. Yeah. Like, what if Pastor David was standing here right now? Would I be okay with her behavior, what she's saying, the things yep. she's doing? And it kind of is like a check or, like, I mean, God obviously – well, we, we don't really care that God sees everything. We kind of behave and talk however we're going to, but – my point is, is like, what if but I always use be, our pastor yeah, Dave? If pastor should, Dave was in our house be, right now, would this be okay? But that should be the biggest check right there is like, you know that if you guys are a believer, you know that God is watching over. He's listening over. He hears everything. He knows everything that you're feeling yeah. in your heart. He yeah. knows what you're thinking about, Yeah, you know? Um, but that gets employees fired, right? Yeah. Like if our, if employees were acting like we act in our marriages... You know, if you treated, like, say you had a partner in business and you treated your partner in business the way you were treating your spouse, would they want to stay in business with you? Or would you get sued? <laughs> you know what I mean? Sexual like, harassment. No, I'm just, I'm not just even kidding. just, not I'm even just, just sexual. Like, if you just, 
if you treated some of the people the way that you yeah. treat your spouse right. or you treat your children. Would your employees quit on you? Well, yeah. Or, you know, like would someone take legal action against you? I mean, there's a fine line there these days. Yeah. A and, lot of spouses uh, get fired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, because they don't trust or they dismiss. Like, could you imagine if an employee or a coworker totally like dismissed and like dismissed something that was being told they'd be fired? Yeah, or I just decided not to do that today because yeah. I didn't want to. Or fired. One of your employees went to one of your competitors and <gasps> told them all of your secrets and Ooh, all of your one. all your special formulas and yep all the dirt on your company. Yep, you know, fired, fired, fired. <laughs> And I think that this is a lot of what happens, though. You know, we we want to fire the kids, but we can't. So we <laughs> fire know. the spouse. I looked into it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? But, like, there's all this dissension. And it's because we're really showing up as our most not, like, what's the, what is the, like, your your bottom self? Like, your bottom feeder self? <laughs> your bottom feeder self. I feel like self. that's what our family gets sometimes, is, like, the bottom sure. feeder self. Yeah. And then you go to work, and you're, like. They get the leftover soup. At work, you're, like, oh, I miss, I'm, like, charismatic and caring and helpful. Oh, I'm so helpful. I'll do this for you right now. And at home, it's, like, yeah, I'll do it when I when I feel like it. I don't feel like it right now. I don't have my I'll shoes I'll get on. to it when I want to. Yeah. And it's like we we are so ass backwards because our our businesses are great, but family's forever. I beat you. Not to in it. this, not in blended family oh, life. It should be. Though. It should be. That's what it's we're not. working towards, you guys. Right, but we Come on, take people, more. Get it together. We take more care. We're more intentional in our businesses. Why is that? Do you know why that is? I think it's the. I think it. Well, I think it's when you walk in the door, you open the door. In your home, you open the door to all your past hurt, all your baggage, all of your emotions, all your big feelings. I think that's the... the it's complacency. But the, it's because you're not in control. And I think on some level, there's a disbelief. There's so much disbelief around blended families that they're good, that they're going to be successful, well, that what they're about, fun. What about... That, all the you keeping know. up with the Joneses or keeping up with the Kardashians. I feel what like do a you lot know of, about that. I know nothing about that, honestly. Um, but a lot of people spend a lot of time looking at everyone around them and paying attention to everyone else around them mm. and admiring or dismissing. Like you, you're looking at everyone else and you're comparing yourself or your family. And usually it's I a snapshot. It's like, it's on social media. It's never even like truly. It's all the pretty stuff. Yeah. It's all the good stuff, you know? But you guys, like, stop looking at everyone else. Look at what you've got right in front of you. Like, look at the blessings you have right in front of you. Things might not be great right now. Things might not be in the best they've ever been, or they might be super, super low. But mm -hmm. always try to find mm -hmm. the blessings in what you have right now. Right. I mean, so... Last one about being fired. It just came to me as you're saying that. Because the opposite of being grateful is like, and that's something I've seen employees, like if you have an employee who's just always bitching and always complaining and like brings down the morale because everything's bad or they're always like um, criticizing everyone. Oh my gosh. I ha oh. I'm like going back to my HR days. Like that, <laughs> it's like really hard when you have somebody who's like, 
you're like, this is how you can fix it. Like I'm a fixer and I'm going to tell you how to fix it. And I'm like, no, I'm going to tell you how to fix it. Get out, you know, whatever. But this is the wrong department. (laughs) But this is the thing. Like also we come at blended family instead of being grateful and uplifting, we come at it very like cynical and very, we complain a lot and we are like, this is what's wrong. and, And we tell people what to do and we're pointing out everyone's, you know, bad things and we're just super like how was that morale how does anybody i can't tell you how many people i talk to who don't want to go home at the end of the day yeah that's sad that's not it's the, very like, common what? who wants to go home and be criticized who wants to go home and to a place where morale is who wants to go to work in a company where morale is really low nobody nobody that is how most people do blended life Morale is so low, and we have to go home every night to it. So people Do don't want to go home. No. Oh. But this is the point. Like this is the problem. But to your what you said was genius because if you imagine, I talk to the clients all the time about this. We do. We talk a lot about gratitude because it's life changing. I'm like, this is how life changing gratitude was, and they're like, what? And I'm like, listen, if all of the kids in your household came in the door every day and were like. I'm so grateful that I had a backpack and I didn't have to carry my books all day. I am so grateful I have food and I'm not starving. Thank you so much for a bed to sleep in. This is all like I, amazing. This is, Thank yeah. you so much. I'm so grateful we have dogs to pet because they bring me so much this joy. This is all I ask for from our family. This is all I ask from you guys. This so is all like, I ask for. But I'm Matt, how would your life change You'd if everyone walked in just so grateful for every little thing? Like we have TV I have a self. I'm so grateful we have a TV. We have internet? Yes. So grateful for internet. I have clean drinking water. Yes. Because our church talks about a lot how people have to still in the world walk miles to get some sort of water. Yep. They're not. I mean, but if our kids were that grateful, and everyone I talk to is like, oh my gosh, that'd be so great. I know. That's all I ask for. Power of gratitude, though. I don't even need world peace. I but here's the problem. Peace. We expect that from our kids, but we don't model that as adults. And that's where we fall short. That's right. If you cannot expect your your kids are going to learn from you. So if you're going to be really negative or talk a certain way or be a certain way, you then you're going to be mad that your kid's doing it. And, that, and kids see through that. They call bullshit. So gratitude. Lead with gratitude. And it's life-changing. All right. It'll change it forever. So so tell me what you guys think. I'm I'm curious your feedback on this idea of business and blended family and how we can kind of like take what we know about business and apply it to our families for success and um, to make it go a little smoother and maybe faster. I would love to know feedback. So comment below or send me an email, becomingheardnow at gmail.com. Um, I would love to hear from you guys and, and see what your thoughts are. Yeah. You just got thrown into this. I'm I'm excited to turn the mics off and see your thoughts. I know. Yeah, I truly, you guys, when we turned this on, I had no clue what we were doing. We're going to go do the intro now, and it's going to sound like I knew what I was talking about, (laughs) and I knew what we were going into, but I had, I thought I know, but I had no idea. Okay, you guys. (laughs) Bye, Bye, you guys. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, If you like to subscribe, follow us. Look for us on all the socials. Like I said, we're there, uh, Blended Life. And uh, just thank you so much for inviting us in and letting us be a part of your blended family. Thank you for being a part of ours. And we look forward to the next one. Bye, guys. Bye.
Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.